all you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious in the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. I hope that this summer in the Psalm series meets you personally this summer in a way that is grounding, like it has been for me, and of course, encouraging to you right where you are. So I know that we have not had a guest on this podcast in a good while, but today is going to be an exception, and I really think you're going to enjoy it. When I was filming some music videos for my latest album called This Is The Hour, we were also filming some stories behind the songs. By the way, if you have not seen those music videos, you should. They're on YouTube. All three of our kids are featured in those videos, and we had the sweetest day getting to record those together. We actually rented a little house in downtown Leapers Fork, which is the little village that we live in, which is super quirky and definitely famous in these parts and all over the world for its quirkiness. But we filmed on Valentine's Day, not for any reason other than that. It was actually the only day that worked for us and the guy who we wanted to hire to film them. And we found a very sweet little historic home that sits right next to one of our favorite restaurants in Leapers Fork. So we oriented our day so that the filming could all be done by 8 p.m. so that Nate and I could just walk over and have a beautiful Valentine's dinner that night. And we did. We're so glad, too, that we did because that restaurant would end up closing only a few months later, not because they didn't have any business, but because they had so much business that the word on the street is that the owner's statement was, we're tired. (laughs) Anyway, we were filming that morning, and like I said, we were working on some stories behind the songs, and we did end up getting the guy that we wanted to film these music videos, and his name is Elliot. And as I was talking about the song, As For Me, he stopped me between takes, and he said, do you know Adrienne Camp? And I said, well, I know of her, but I don't know her personally. And he said, you two should get together because I just filmed a series with her for her new Bible study called As For Me. And y'all know me. I'm just big on words and themes, especially ones that seem to arise at the same time around the same truth. And I was immediately intrigued. And he went on to tell me that her Bible study is around the Psalms. And I was pretty much sold. I actually pre-ordered my own copy of it immediately. And then I set out for my people to reach out to her people. My manager knows her husband's manager. So we connected. And I'm so glad we did. Most of you probably know of Adrienne and her story. But if you haven't gotten acquainted with her, you are going to love her. Her brand new Bible study just released on July 3rd. And it's out now. And I'm so excited just to have it for myself to walk through the summer as you and I are walking walking through the Psalms together. Well, a bit of history around Adrienne. She's a wife, a mother, a musician, but it's so easy to see, and I don't mean this in a cheesy way, but that she is a daughter of God. She has such a heart for the Lord and His Word, and I gathered pretty quickly that she carries the message of the freedom that is ours in Christ. Even in her study of the Psalms, you're going to see that invitation to invite the Holy Spirit to come and bring the full freedom of Jesus in your life. Adrian is married to Jeremy Camp, who I'm sure you know of. Jeremy has been in Christian music for over 20 years now, and many of you have seen the movie that released in 2020 based on Jeremy's memoir called I Still Believe. And that tells the story of the loss of his first wife, 
to cancer only a few months after they had married. And this enormous loss, as you can imagine, caused a crisis of faith in Jeremy's life at the time, so much that he wanted to quit making music altogether. But the Lord would use a strategic meeting with a pastor who had been through immense suffering of his own, and Jeremy's heart was deeply encouraged to keep going. And as he did keep going and touring, he was compelled to begin sharing about his loss from stage. And Adrian would actually hear Jeremy share one night from stage, and it would deeply impact her life. The two ended up getting to know each other on tour as she was the lead singer for the band The Benjamin Gate at the time. And I read somewhere that despite the fact that she says they didn't have much in common and he didn't really quite fit the description she had in her head of who she would marry, (laughs) including the fact that he was an American and she was a South African who didn't want to marry an American, (laughs) the two actually fell in love. Jeremy and Adrian married in 2003, and they now have three beautiful children. Following the release of the movie, I Still Believe, Jeremy and Adrian released a book together called In Unison that is about their marriage, and apparently it picks up where the movie ends, and the clever subtitle there is The Unfinished Story of Jeremy and Adrian Camp. I love it. I'm personally excited to get to chat with Adrian today. We've not really been in the same circles much, even though we've both been in Christian music for so many years, but from what I can tell... Adrian is a treasure, and I know that you're going to deeply be encouraged in hearing from her heart today. I'll be back with you after the interview for a time of reflection together. Well, I am so excited, first of all, to get to interview a guest because it has been a really long time since I've gotten to do this, but I am so thrilled that I feel like this just this connection was made from um, a, across the uh, United States <laughs> um, through just like a, a really sweet way that I told you about in the intro. Um, but I'm excited to have Adrienne Camp here. And hi. Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you. (laughs) I've been looking forward to this for like days. (laughs) Oh, I have too. And I'm so, I'm so glad you were willing to just basically jump on a podcast with a little bit of a stranger because we probably have a lot of mutual friends and have run in similar circles, but we've never gotten to spend time together other than this right now. And I'm seeing her on the camera. I wish you guys could see her because she's beautiful. Um, But I'm so excited to get to connect with you. And just um, as I I said before, as we were talking, just when the Lord causes certain themes and, and phrases or things from his word to, to kind of all like rise up at the same time, I always take notice of those things, whether it's a song or whether it's just like a sermon or a series or podcast or whatever it is, it feels like we're really all dipping in the same river. And so it's Absolutely. it's sweet to remember that and just to um, get perspective on that of like he is speaking themes over his church and over his people right now. And so it's so fun to get to connect with you. I heard that your friends call you 80, not yes. Addie, right? Not but Addie, 80. no. <laughs> the long A. <laughs> yeah, long A. Um, so, so good to meet you finally and have you today as a guest. And I would love for you to just kind of tell us a little bit about your world right now. I know you have three children, but kind of what's going on in your world in this season? It is. Well, life is, is good, but also with three kids and um, both Jeremy, Jeremy, my husband, obviously, and I just doing lots of different 
music and writing and ministry opportunities, life is also incredibly hectic. (laughs) I know. And some days I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel so overwhelmed, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm just being totally honest. And um, my girls are both graduated high school and they're starting to pursue music, which is incredibly fun and so sweet. Um, But we're in that kind of transition stage as a family where the girls are older and they're starting to launch into some of their own things. So I just, it's like this whole new world of like juggling yeah. We're not not empty nesters yet because we still have Egan, who he's only 11. Um, but there's just so much going on. Um, but yeah, so I released the, the study through Lifeway. And that's been honestly about two and a half years in, in the making. Wow, um, wow. Not, not obviously full time, but there's that. And um, mm-hmm. then, yeah, just being a wife and mom and all of that fun stuff. So, yeah, but life is good and God is good. Just always so faithful, I think, to... I, even today, I was like, okay, Lord, I just need you to give me what I need to face the day. And that's all I need to worry about. <laughs> yes. So good. Well, I'm so excited about this study and I've already been in it myself. I think I told you that. And it's so sweet for the summer and it really is even visually beautiful. I think I told you that by voice text. But um, how did this, it is called, as for me, I love even the little tagline, life through the lens of the Psalms. But how did this come to life for you? What made you get into this and studying it and wanting to release it? Well, a few different things. I I grew up in a Christian home, and so the Psalms has been something that's been so familiar to me my whole life. In fact, um, Psalm 1 was the first Psalm that I memorized as a little, like I think I was seven years old or something like that. And um, so it was the first Psalm that I memorized. So I've always, I mean, loved the book of Psalms and found so much comfort in it. And one year, um, I usually choose some kind of a Bible reading plan. And I was going through just reading and this little phrase as for me, while I was studying the Psalms actually um, kept on just popping out at me. And I kept on noticing it. And David and even other Psalmists are like, as for me, but as for me. And so this little thing just kept on, um, this little phrase kept popping out at me. So I just started thinking about it and really mulling it over in, in my head. And then obviously, you know, our world is just kind of, mm. it's just, I don't want to even, I'm, I'm tired of the negative negativity, but it, it's interesting. There's a lot of crazy things right. that have gone on that I just um, have shifted so many different perspectives. And, um, and anyway, I think what it meant for me was this sort of, I call it sort of like this holy stubbornness. And actually you even said it as well, was this holy resolve that we have that no matter what's going on around us, that there's something that causes us. I mean, it's not something, it's the Lord that causes us to be deep, deeply rooted in Him, um, that no matter what's going on around us, that we'll still be able to flourish and that we'll still be able to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. And so it really just became a prayer of my heart of just going, okay, Lord, like I want to, despite what's going on around me, I want to be deeply rooted in who you are, even if my circumstances are going absolutely crazy, or even if I'm going through really difficult seasons or whatever it is, but that I just have this, um, this connection to Jesus and then um, I was, it was crazy because out of the blue, it's kind of a long story. I won't go into all the details, but Lifeway approached me about doing a Bible study, which kind of was, um, 
a surprise, I guess, because I'm not actually a Bible study teacher. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a musician and I like to write yeah. things, you know, but I'm not, I mean, I have taught Bible studies, but that wasn't, I mean, there's so many other people that I'm like, really, you want me to say something, you know, but they it. just felt like because of the musician background that it would be just a unique perspective. Um, but the crazy thing is, is that the year they had approached me in March and what they didn't know is that year. I was praying and really asked the Lord, like, God, what do you want me to study this year? And I felt like the Lord said to me, I want you to study the Psalms. So I had already been, you know, three or four months just like deeply steeped into the book of Psalms when they approached me and we had this discussion and they were kind of like, what about the book of Psalms? And I was like, wow, okay, Lord, <laughs> I get the message and I feel like I have to say yes, whether or not I think I'm qualified. <laughs> Oh, so, um, yeah, I kind of began a journey from there and it's been, it's been life-changing. Um, a mm -hmm. friend of mine who's an incredible Bible study teacher, she just said to me, she goes, your first Bible study becomes usually the declaration of, of your heart. And I, mm -hmm. I just, even after she said that, I was like, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I love yeah. that so much. I love the book of Psalms mm -hmm. and I'm so excited. Just, for, I've prayed so much about the study and just praying that people will be so invited into a deeper place with Jesus. I love it so much. I was actually saved as a little girl at seven through the Psalms, through Psalm wow. 37. Oh my it goodness. was a little wall plaque that we had in our house, and each one of us had one, and it had our name on it. I've told this story to my audience before, but probably many times, but it said my name, and then Christy, follower of Christ, which is what my name means, and then it said Psalm 37, 5, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And I memorized that. Wow. and. You know, it wasn't until though my 30s really that, um, and this is I actually wrote a, a book about this, but when the Lord just really got a hold of my life, I really was kind of in that psalm one morning, and it was just this place in my life where I'd really hit a wall of like, I kind of thought with kids that I could just sort of strap them on and keep going and like, you know, but I needed to slow down. And yeah. so it was kind of through the Psalms that the Lord you know brought me back sort of to that gospel moment in That's Psalm 37. Amazing. And then, you know, caused me to really read the rest of that Psalm just from a whole different perspective in my thirties, but the Lord just really got a hold of my, my heart. So the Psalms have always meant so much to me. And I've been doing somewhere in the Psalms for this audience for a, a, you know, a few different times, a few different seasons. And this one just feels special. And I think a lot of it is because of kind of what you mentioned about even just the culture in the world that we're living in. Yeah. And instead of the negativity, you know, you know, how can we come around it in a way yes. that we've, we've got, you know, something even just, of course, in our heart first, but like on the, you know, the tips of our tongues that we're able to say like, okay, this is what's true. And, um, you know, last week we were, we got into Psalm 73, which was so beautiful. And the psalmist was just, you know, He's just, it's as real as he gets, yeah. you know, as it gets. And he's giving us permission to be real about where we are. And he's basically looking at uh, the wicked and he's just like basically going like, you know, they seem to not have not one single problem yet every morning. I feel like I'm stricken, you know, yeah. and he kind of at the end though, he sort of actually bookends that Psalm with as for me, he starts out yes. and he's like, as for me, I was looking at the wicked going, you know, you know, what in the world is going on here that I seem to be keeping my life pure, but it seems to be for no reason because then, you know, they're doing all of whatever they want and they seem to get whatever they want. But I love it. He comes back around 
And he says at the end, as for me, it is good to be near God. I have yes. made the Lord my refuge that I may tell of all your works. And I kind of was able to share that that's sort of my declaration right now that it is good for me to be near God. And he even talks about how the perspective of even looking at the wicked, it came when he got into the sanctuary of God, when yes. he was near the people of God the perspective shifted and, yes, and I loved it. Okay. And so I, it made me think though, to ask you even, you know, it might be, it might even just give us a little bit of insight into who you are a little bit more, but just like, do you have what you feel like is sort of an as for me? It might be different week to week. I know mine can sometimes go like, okay, here's where I'm at again. <laughs> but like, if you had an as for me declaration for today, like does something rise up in your heart when I ask you that? Yeah. Well, I think over the last few years, I'll give you two. Over the last few years, it's been from Psalm 73 where it says, as for me, or maybe it's 71, oh crud, might be 73 or 71, <laughs> but it that's says, um, but as for me, I will always have hope. And yeah. I think that that's been a challenge, you know? Um, it's been a challenge for me to just be like, okay, God, no matter what's going on, I'm always going to hope. I'm going to remember who you are. Um, yeah. And um, so I think that's been sort of the theme for the last few years. And even as I was writing the study, but as of today and even this weekend, I think I've been, I was telling Jeremy, just sharing with him, I've been reading this book about um, these Muslim women, it's called Women Who Risk and their oh, encounters cool. with Jesus and getting radically saved, like in the craziest situations and just hearing their passionate love for who God is and what he's done for them. And I just, I think my as for me statements this week as I've been reading that was just that I don't want to take Jesus for granted and yeah. what he's done. Like, I think sometimes, especially for girls or women that have been, we've been in church for a long time, or maybe for me, I was raised in, in, in you know, Christianity and just, of just that same prayer of just like asking Jesus to be new, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I yeah. think it's just, it's like, and it reminded me actually of David as well, where he says to me, like, restore to me the joy of my salvation and just mm -hmm. asking the Lord, like, Lord, I just, like, as for me, I want to be in love with Jesus, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to take for granted the things that he's done for me. I don't want the cross to lose its significance in my life mm -hmm. um, every single day, you know? And I, I yeah. think obviously that's a goal. It's not always going to be something that we actively feel, but even in those moments, then it's like, um, what you were just saying in Psalm 73, that it's as for me, it's good to be near to God. And yeah. so those moments where it's so easy to maybe clock out or look to other things, but yeah. just remembering like really Jesus is the best thing for me, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's kind good. of a long, <laughs> long way around your question, but. <laughs> no, I love it. That's so good. Well, I think we're kind of both to blame for today's psalm um, because you definitely gave me options. And I we, did. <laughs> <laughs> we I both... was so hoping you would pick this one, though. <laughs> I was like, here's some safe psalms, and then there's this one. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay, so today we are going to be in Psalm 88. And I will just say, I think it's good. It is so good for us to wrestle with parts of Scripture like this one that even actually challenge our lament. I mean, this is like a tough one. And I'll say it actually, as I was reading it again this morning, it it took me to several like 
really dark places of, of my journey, honestly, um, just remembering. In fact, like I had um, seen a journal entry um, just this morning from one of those places. And then as I was reading Psalm 88, it was like, that's probably no you know, coincidence that the Lord brought that back to me. But when I think back on each of those seasons, there's just, they're very distinctly marked by such deep growth. And there's this bittersweetness that's hard Mm -hmm. to even put words around. Um, So I'm actually looking forward to hearing from you around Psalm 88 and your, you audience, you're going to know when she reads it in just a minute, what we're talking about. (laughs) so I don't know if I honestly have I've ever really read this one or that I'm sure I've, you know, skimmed over it through the years as I've been reading through the Psalms, but I was like, whoa, um, and realizing just that this one kind of doesn't have a bow on the end of it at all. It doesn't. Yeah, it <laughs> um, so doesn't. I, yeah, so I'm looking forward um, to hearing from you of just what the Lord has um, shown you through it. But I would love for you to pray for us, pray for yes. just those that are listening today and that the Holy Spirit would bring comfort and that He would lead us today. And then if you would read Psalm 88 for us, that would be incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Lord, I'm so grateful to be here today, Lord. And I just thank you for um all of my friends who are listening today, God. And I just pray, Lord, you see each of their hearts. Lord, you know each of the cries of where each of us are and the things we're facing and um, the things we're walking through in life. And God, I just pray that your nearness would be um, so um, just made manifest, Lord Jesus, that you really are with us through every single season, Lord God. I thank you that you never leave us or forsake us, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would just do a work in our hearts that helps us to become more aware of who you are and more aware of your presence in our lives, God, even though we may be facing just some really difficult things, Lord. And even as we just dive into Psalm 88, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help us not to turn a blind eye to the things that are difficult, but to invite you into those spaces, Lord Jesus, that we would have a greater revelation of who you are, God, in every facet of our lives and every facet of our hearts, Lord Jesus, that your light would just shine in all of those places. God, we love you. Um, We don't want to take you for granted or the work that you've done for us, God. And so I just pray, Lord, that your love would just be um, made new to us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I'll read Psalm 88. (laughs) All right, this is from CSB Translation. Lord God of my salvation, I cry out before you day and night. May my prayer reach your presence. Listen to my cry, for I have had enough troubles and my life is near Sheol. I am counted among those going down to the pit. I am like a man without strength, abandoned among the dead. I am like the slain lying in the grave, whom you no longer remember and who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest part of the pit, in the darkest places, in the depths. Your wrath weighs heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves, Selah. You have distanced my friends from me. You have made me repulsive to them. I am shut in and cannot go out. My eyes are worn out from crying. Lord, I cry out to you all day long. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do departed spirits rise up to praise you? Selah. Will your faithful love be declared in the grave? your faithfulness in Abaddon? Will your wonders be known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of oblivion? But I call to you for help, Lord, 
in the morning, my prayer meets you. Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you hide your face from me? From my youth, I've been suffering and near death. I suffer your horrors. I am desperate. Your wrath sweeps over me. Your terrors destroy me. They surround me like water all day long. They close in on me from every side. You have distanced loved one and neighbor from me. Darkness is my only friend. So not the most hopeful of the Psalms. Um, Yeah, it's a lot. And um, to be honest with you, when I was studying the Psalms, I just like you said as well, I also hadn't noticed this one. Um, I don't even know why. I just, I mean, I, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've read through Psalms and just never even paid attention to this at all. Maybe because I didn't, it didn't feel safe or it didn't feel like, oh, that's so encouraging. You know, I mean, who ends with darkness is my only friend, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's not really where I want to camp out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it was so interesting to me because as I was studying the Psalms and the Lament Psalms in particular, before I noticed Psalm 88, I noticed that there was this thing that was going on in each of the Psalms. And um, traditionally, a lot of scholars literally call it the shift, where with a lot of the imprecatory Psalms or the lament Psalms, the Psalters, basically, they come in and they're like, um, you know, they have all these cries and laments before the Lord. And they're like, this is going on and this and Lord, like, why have you not noticed me? But then all of a sudden, there's this shift And actually, it even happens in Psalm 73 that you're talking about. All of a sudden, he's like lamenting before the Lord, and he's got all these grievances with God, but then this shift happens, and he's Mm -hmm. like, but as for me, I will always have hope, or but as for me, it's good to be near God. And so all these incredible shifts. And so I just was, when I was writing this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like the shift happens every single time. And so I'm studying, and I'm looking at the Psalm, I'm like, yep, it happens here. And then I look at another one, I'm like, oh my gosh, there it is. And so I'm going through all of these, and I'm like, wow, this happens every single time. And then I come across Psalm 88, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, the shift doesn't happen here at all. Mm -hmm. And so it really kind of locked me up for a second, because I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. what do I write about this, you know? And then it was so incredible because I feel like the Lord started to unpack these places for me and all these scenarios in life that it feels like no matter how much faith we have, no matter what we're going through, that the shift doesn't actually happen. And even though it feels like darkness is our closest friend, but if you think about who the the psalmist is praying to, he's praying to the Lord. He's bringing his cries to the Lord. And so even though this feels like an incredibly, in a sense, dark and despondent Psalms, he's still communing with the Lord. And so one of the things that I've driven pretty hard in my study is that lamenting and these honest prayers and grievances with the Lord are actually an act of faith. And so I think sometimes we sort of it's easy to sort of maybe cry out to the Lord when things are a little bit hard, but it's like, I almost want to encourage people when they're in incredibly dark spaces that God can meet us in those places as well. Um, and I think about people that might be, I mean, maybe it's a, a the ending of a marriage or maybe it's um, you know the loss of a pregnancy or maybe it's a cancer diagnosis. Maybe it's relationships in your family that, no matter how much you've prayed or you cried out that there doesn't seem to be any healing or restoration. And just saying that even there, that God actually meets us in each of those places. 
And it was so amazing because while I was studying these Psalms as well, this one in particular, I don't even know how I stumbled across this, but I found out that there's this whole variety of flowers that blooms only in the darkness. They bloom only at nighttime. And I just was so blown away that I was like, God, Mm. even in creation, you are showing us that your presence can be found even in the darkest places. I was like, why would you have all of these beautiful flowers? And also in, in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, they're probably all just like white, right? So I like researched them. I'm like, these flowers are fragrant. They're brightly colored. Some of them are used for medicinal purposes. Like you can only find, and they only bloom at night. The moment some wow. of them where light touches, they all just kind of like shrivel up. Not all of them, there's a couple. But it was just one of those things too that I just felt like the Lord mm. was just in a sense screaming to me of just going, I want don't look away from Psalm 88 that I called it the like, but if not, if, if, yeah. if scenarios are not working out the way that you're thinking that God still is able to meet us in those darkest places. But the reality yeah. is, is that scripture has been preserved for generations and thousands of years. And God saw fit to keep Psalm 88 in the middle of the Psalms that he's yeah. like, I don't, we don't need, I don't need a pretty bow. I don't need these perfect scenarios in order to make my presence mm. known to you in these hard, hard places, you know, yeah. uh, gets, I just so get so beautiful. emotional even. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I love in your study, you say, um, that God preserves space for things that are difficult and unresolved. Um, and you even like you, you gave reference to happily ever after, Yes. Do you remember writing about that? With, oh, and yeah. it was originally referring. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So again, I, I felt like, I don't know, I feel like the Holy Spirit was really kind to take me on all these little rabbit trails while I was studying. But um, so, you know, we talk about there's this, we're like, and they lived happily ever after. And it's usually a girl finds the love of her life and they get married and then everything's mm-hmm. sort of perfect. It's like this fairy tale sort of life, you know, that they get to live together, that all of us feel like, oh, I must have missed out on somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, as I was studying that, uh, the, the, ha- the happy ever after actually comes from the original term of where Christians used to say to each other, happy in the ever after. Mm-hmm. And so it was all about that actually things on this side of heaven may not be resolved Things yeah. on this side of heaven are not going to be a fairy tale. But in fact, it was the complete opposite that we get to hold on to this eternal hope that one day when we see Jesus face to face, as Revelations tells us, then he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes and all of those things will be made right. But until then, we may not see the fullness of the, in a sense, the way that we know today, the happy ever after, you know, but the gift that God gives us is that he journeys with us through those spaces. And one of the things I love about the Psalms is their brutal honesty. I mean, there's some that are like so raw, you know, that it just shows us for me, it was just going, God, if you, again, if God preserved these scriptures, Mm. then we know these places are safe for us to imitate, right? That we're looking at these prayers going, I can be honest before the Lord about where my heart is Mm. and what's going on. And I can invite him into those spaces Instead of feeling like in order to invite God into these places, I have to have it all together or I have to have made, you know, a certain sort of, um, I don't even know, I guess, I don't know, like reached a certain amount of a a level of some kind in order to invite God into these spaces. But I think the book of Psalms and all of these things show us 
that God wants us to be transparent with him and he wants to journey with us in our grief and in our sorrow. Um, And another one of the things too is the lament Psalms are actually the majority of the Psalms. And so I think Mm -hmm. there's, it's more than 50% of the Psalms um, are lament Mm -hmm. Psalms. And so that even shows us like God is trying to teach. I believe God is trying to teach the body of Christ individually as people, but also corporately to learn to lament. You know, there's that one song, I'm sure everyone knows it well, Hosanna, it says, break my heart for what breaks yours. Um, And it's one of those things too, that I think that um, we would be so much better off if we really learned to lament better and to bring Jesus into all of those um, places and spaces. And then even in the times where it is that, that if not like that, knowing that we can have hope because of who he is um, and that that's the anchor that it really is about him. It's about his character and about his nature and about the things that he offers us in each of the tumultuous or difficult situations we might be going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I, as I was reading this morning again, it was just like, I think it's hard for us to, you know, sort of grasp or understand when the psalmist is saying, you know, that God, not only does he allow hardship, but the psalmist is like, you are, you are doing this to me, God, like you are like this, this oppression or this, um, hardship really it's more, you know, or turmoil or, um, you know, just, this is coming from you. And, and that's, that's hard for us to like come around. I think, and like you said, you know, probably if we've skimmed over Psalm 88 before it's, it's been hard for us. So we're kind of like moving on. (laughs) What do I do with this? I don't know. (laughs) Next. (laughs) But, um, but I have also, you know, often thought about, um, and even I've heard it said before that, that God often will he'll entrust us yes. with hardship yeah. and, and he's not causing this for um, our harm. No. He's doing this as we know, and you have to, as we know, read all of this in the whole of scripture that we know that he's, you know, turning things for our good and that all things work together for our good. And even you, you even reference in your study on Psalm 88 that even Jesus felt abandoned by God on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so that, I mean, I'd even thought about that before you'd even like reference that as I was reading this morning. But I think that's hard for us, right? To like come around that with our, our minds and, and just, you know, how he says, you know, at the end, even like darkness is is my friend. It's just, it's really hard. But if you um, maybe just tell us about a time in your life or, you know, when you've maybe struggled or you've had this turmoil that it, you know, and as you said before, that just, there's not going to be, sometimes there's, there's just not that resolve and there's not that happy ending on this earth. Um, you know, kind of how do we come around that, I guess, with, um, more of a perspective of like, God, what do you want to teach me? Like, what do you have for me in this? That's usually my question of like, even when there's hardship, it's like, he's got something for us in it, but it's so hard for us to go, wow, is he, would he really cause this, you know? Yes, totally. It's hard. But I think it's one of those things when I hate to even say it, but when I look back at the the most painful, I mean, and some some I'm willing to talk about, some I 
I don't want to, it's, it's so personal that it's, and it just involves other people. Mm-hmm. But it's like, when I think about some of the most amount of pain inflicted in my life mm-hmm. or from different situations that I've walked through, um, Jeremy and I actually lost our third child. I was 14 weeks mm-hmm. pregnant and we had, I was through my first trimester. So we had just made a public announcement. And then literally mm-hmm. like a week later, a couple weeks later, the, I found out that the baby's heart had stopped. And I just remember honestly sitting at my piano and just sobbing just sobbing my eyes out you know Mm -hmm. over the death of dreams and over what our family dynamic would look like and Mm -hmm. I mean there's those moments there's moments when and Jeremy won't doesn't mind me sharing this at all we're very open about our marriage but like just difficulties in marriage where I you know there's so much pain that it actually feels like it's physically manifesting in you that I'm just like god I don't know what to do And when I think Mm -hmm. through all of these different scenarios, or even maybe if it's learning to forgive somebody that's really, really hurt you or misunderstood you, um, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, and it just is, the pain is so immense. But again, going back to what I think about what Jesus has taught me through those things is it's Mm -hmm. every single time it's caused me to end up learning to walk closer to him and to be more Christ-like. Like I think about even like, for instance, in my marriage, it's like learning to walk in a greater forgiveness or learning to walk in a greater understanding or grace or patience um, or humility where I've blown it and I've had to learn. And so when I think about all these really incredible, incredibly difficult things, the reality is, is they've actually made me more like Christ. And so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's hard for us to understand that God would, in a sense, inflict these things on us because then we kind of feel like, well, is he trustworthy? Is he still good because he's causing pain? But Mm -hmm. I really believe that pain is one of the greatest teachers. And um, one of my favorite missionaries, her name's Helen Rosevia, and I actually talk about her a couple of times in the Psalm study as well. But um, she went through an immense amount, just crazy, crazy stuff. And one of the things she says is, is it really suffering if it makes us more like Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I just, it's like, it's those things, again, they're hard. Like, they're really hard to just, like, we, we want everything, we do want everything easy. Or if we, we're willing to struggle, but just like a little bit, not a whole lot. <laughs> right. You know, but it's like, I've gone through hard things a little bit, but like, what does it look like to be in Psalm 88, writing, darkness is my closest friend? I think about those mm-hmm. that have battled depression, you know, or anxiety. And like the comments, I just feels dark. Like, what is it? You know, it's like, we, we, we're okay to struggle a little bit, but what does it really, really look like where Jesus is meeting us in some of those Mm -hmm. places, you know? And I think for me, I, um, it's something I guess through prayer is just asking God to shift our perspective, to really see the value of what it is that he's teaching us whether it be about ourselves, whether it be about who he is and his nature and his truth, about his character, or whether it be about something that he is shining a light in our hearts that he's like, hey, this thing here, I want you to walk in greater freedom. You know, I love that scripture that says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to a yoke of slavery or bondage, right? And I just yeah. think like God actually desires for each of us to walk in freedom. And sometimes the way we get there is through going through pressing and really difficult things in order for us to learn to be honest about ourselves, um, to actually sort of have to face a little bit of, you know, maybe who we are or what we believe about God. You know, we know God is good, but do I actually believe that God is good? And so I just think um, that some of these really hard places sort of make us have to kind of face some of these truths head on, you know? Hmm. 
That's beautiful. Yes, I think about, um, you know, just that willingness, I think, for us to come each day, like you said, through prayer and just even pushing through these moments that feel like, are you even here, you know, and and then getting to those questions, even to him and just saying, you know, what, what do you have for me in this? And, um, I just go back to that a lot, like I said, and, and, and like you said, there's so many things that have come out of of pain for you as that, that teacher and that place of growth. And, um, you know, you listed so many attributes of, you know, who Jesus is, like you said, like it's caused you to be formed into the likeness of Christ, like to become more like him. Um, I'm kind of going to put you on the spot a little bit towards the end here, but we've talked about a lot on the podcast just recently of, I remember a time, and I've told this story before, but just um, standing there talking to a guy, we were at a church, we were leading worship, and I told him about my mom. She's been through this um, really hard struggle with cancer, and and he started telling me about he and his wife had gone through infertility, and mm. one of the things he just encouraged me with, he just said, you know, at the at the end of, of this journey for us, you know, we we're so excited that we're finally having a baby after like seven or eight years that they had, you know, been trying. And he said, we're having a baby boy. We're so excited. But he said, you know what I've just found, and I'm so grateful that God let me see, is that actually his witness with us through this journey Yes, is actually the outcome the best outcome that we could ask for. And he was like, whatever happens with your mom, he was like, he is with you. And that is the treasure. And that caused me to just walk away from that. And, and, and I was like, I knew that, you know, it's like, I've I've known my whole life. Like he is Emmanuel God with us. He is with us. But somehow hearing it like that, like actually his withness with us, especially in those times of, of turmoil and trouble and hardship and, and just unimaginable pain sometimes like that is witness is actually the answer. It's the outcome. It's the treasure. And I even wrote a song on this last album. The chorus just says, your presence is your plan for me. Your will is that I'll always see that on every mountain high, every valley low, you are here with me. Yeah, and so true. and I, I just kind of held that up to scripture, you know, of like going, okay, like from the Israelites, you know, with, with Abraham, Moses, Moses, and then you think about Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us. It's like, wow, it seems to hold up that his presence has been his plan for his people. And so we kind of talked about like, what does that look like? Um, I would love to know, just do you have rhythms? Because we've just been talking a little bit about what does it really look like to meet with God in the mundane? And um, do you have maybe just like a rhythm that you find is helpful for you? Or does it look different all the time? And maybe that's a rhythm all (laughs) on its own. Um, And just letting yourself have freedom in that. But I would love to just hear as we close, just kind of like, how do you find time to meet with the Lord when you do, you know, are there some things that you try to always do that help you really, you know, just be in that place of experiencing His presence in the ordinary, you know, things of life? I would love to hear just what that's like for you. Yeah, there's, um, I, I'm, I'm, 
probably a definite creative. So I love a variety of different things, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, If I get too stuck in one particular thing, I can tend to lose a little bit of um, focus, I guess, or whatever it is. Yeah, um, same. So I, I, I love experiencing Jesus through, I mean, okay, this is going to, I'll give you the randoms first and then I'm going to give you the thing that I do every day pretty much. Yeah, so I love prayer in the shower. Like I will, I love, love, love just praying in the shower for whatever reason. It's like the hot water. I literally get on my knees and the hot water is just like hitting my back and I can't hear anything. And I just, yeah. I, I feel like those are almost like guaranteed moments where I feel like I know I'm going to meet with Jesus. So that's one of them. The other one is sitting at the piano and playing worship music. I just, it doesn't, no one has to even be in the room. It's literally just me and Jesus. (laughs) So it's those, those two things for sure. But the thing that I do pretty much every single day, um, like I said, I, I have chosen a Bible reading plan because I can be a little scatterbrained. And so I kind of need that, that structure for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'll do, and I pray, like I'll ask the Lord, okay, Jesus, what do we need to, what are we reading after this? Like when I finish my reading plan, like what's the next thing you want to do? And like I said to you, there was one year that I felt the Lord was prompting me to study the Psalms. So I was like, okay, cool. We're diving into the Psalms, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but the thing for me is journaling, honestly. So I'll mm-hmm. read my Bible, but from that, um, journaling almost every single day, it just sort of seems to unlock something for me. I might write like a scripture or like a phrase that stood out to me, or even just a concept maybe that I've taken from reading scripture that I'm like, wow, that's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Kind of like you said, like, wow, I'm taking notice, like your presence and your nearness to your people is one of the most important things. So I'll just, you know, write those things down. And then I just start to pray and inevitably um, I'm like bawling and just writing like, Jesus, I need (laughs) you, Jesus, do this. Like, and that's just kind of my, um, my way of just really connecting with the Lord. I think through that that praying and with scripture and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my a little snapshot into, into my journey with him. <laughs> that's so great. I think it's just always so helpful to hear from others how they experience the Lord. And, and yes. mine looks different too like that. I like to change it up as well. Um, well, I'm you prayed us in and I'm going to have you pray us out. Um, another one of the things that I saw in your study was, and it was in this part with Psalm 88, and you said, it's okay to not be okay as long as we keep looking to God, just like the psalmist did. And I feel like they gave us such a a grid for, like we've talked about, just honesty before the Lord and bringing whatever it is that we're experiencing, that we can bring it all to Him. He can handle all of it and that there are going to be days and weeks and seasons of our lives where things have not shifted. The shift isn't happening. Um, But as long as, like you said, I love that you, you made the point that, yeah, he's saying all of these crazy things, but he's still praying to God. I love that. That's that he's still talking to the Lord and that we can bring him anything. And I love um, that you pointed that out today. And so I would love for you to pray, pray us out. And then I'm going to have a little bit of time of reflection as promised um, for us to walk through some of this. And maybe some of you are walking through something right now. It's not maybe you're reflecting on it, but that it's like literally today you're going through something unimaginable or you're anticipating something maybe that is on the horizon that has troubled you or given you some anxiety and 
I'm going to, you know, give us some time to walk through that with the Lord. But, and as we go into that time, would you pray us out? Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. And um, I did want to just say, I think it, it was important to me to add, like, it is good for us to be honest and transparent, but as just that reminder is to, as long as we're including Jesus in that, because I think sometimes, especially yes. nowadays, we live in a culture where we're praised for being sort of transparent and letting everybody know what we think. And I think that's been that's encouraged. But I think the key to the psalmist is they weren't just blasting on the rooftops to all of their friends. They were intentional mm. to be seeking the Lord and inviting Him into those spaces. So being right. honest about the things that they're, they're feeling, but really it was an invitation for God to give them His perspective. Yes. You know, yes. and so um, anyway, I just in closing, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to pray that. that for us. So, yes. Lord Jesus, I just, I thank you, God, for who you are, Lord. I thank you for your grace, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for the freedom that, that you are not dependent upon us, God, to have it all mm-hmm. together, Lord Jesus, but we can come freely to you, God. But I pray, mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, that we truly would see you as the source of everything that we need, Lord God. Although friends and community are so incredible, Lord Jesus, and church is wonderful, and there's so many incredible things about living in community, Father, but I pray that we would never neglect the the first and the most important thing, and that's our relationship with you, God. So I pray that we would be people that seek you, that we would be people that look to you, God, despite what's going on around us, Lord. And even as we've been talking, just that holy stubbornness and that holy defiance as to going the ways of the world, Lord, um, but instead, God, that we would just look to you with our eyes fixed on you, God, and our hearts set on you and the things of you, Lord God. So I pray just for my sisters and and my brothers and sisters today, Lord, who might be listening to this as well, God. And I just pray, Jesus, that you would minister to their hearts, encourage them, Lord God, that you would build them up, Lord, in who you are, God, um, and that we would truly be a light to those around us, Lord God, that even as as we go through difficult things, Lord Jesus, that the world would see that we're firmly and deeply rooted and full of love, God, towards you and towards those around us, God. So we just pray this in your beautiful, powerful name. Amen. Adi tells us in her study that this portion of the Psalms is often referred to as the darkest corner of the Psalter. And I mentioned earlier in the interview that as I read it, I was taken back to some very dark seasons of my life. Adi mentioned the loss of her baby, and you know that I've shared about my miscarriages too. Even just this morning, I was going through some old books, and I found some folded papers inside of that book that looked like they had been ripped from a journal. And as I opened them, that's exactly what it was. I realized that it was several weeks worth of journal entries that I had written to the second baby that I had lost. There was so much hope in my voice as I talked to that baby through those journal entries, but I began to be a bit disoriented as I was reading the details about my life at that time. I didn't remember that we were on tour on the West Coast when I found out that I was pregnant. In fact, Nathan had come in and sat next to me, and we were just going to sit still together before our day started, and I asked him if he remembered, and he immediately did. The only thing I can make of it is that because we had already lost a baby before this by miscarriage, and then we'd also lose this baby towards the end of my first trimester, there was just so much pain there that I just must have literally 
blocked out the details of my life at that time. I still can't place them. And the fact that I just tore those pages from my journal and I just stuck them somewhere, it shows the deep pain and loss that I was experiencing. I wonder for you, friend, has this psalm taken you back to a time when it might have felt like God had just forgotten you, like completely abandoned you, when it felt like the pain in your life was just doubled down on you? That might be now in this season. I know from experience that this can cause us to withdraw from the Lord when we feel hurt by Him. I remember after the loss of that second baby I was telling you about, I busied myself with things. In fact, I became infatuated with house hunting. I was determined that we were going to buy our first house and move, and it was going to fix the ache. And of course, I thought having a baby was going to fix the ache, but when that wasn't working out, I was on to the next thing. But the reality is only Jesus can fix the ache in us today. Because ultimately, the ache inside, Romans 8, tells us is that we're longing to be reconciled to God completely. That's the ache in us today. I think it's important to acknowledge that even now as you sit there. Our restlessness, our busyness, our wandering, it reveals our search for something that's truly already ours. If we belong to Jesus, we're just aching for Him. And it's easy to lose sight of that. Even now, would you just acknowledge that ache that you have in your heart to be fully reconciled to Him? It is truly Jesus that we long for. As I look back, I so clearly see that God entrusted me with not being able to feel or sense His nearness. That's hard, but it's beautiful when I look back and realize that it built resilience in me. It built trust in me. And as we recognized in Psalm 88 today, we're still invited to keep looking to God and pouring out our hearts in prayer, even when He seems silent. He is with us. He is with you. Can you thank Him for that even now, even though you might not feel it today? In fact, this was the as for me declaration that I pulled from today's psalm. As for me, I will keep pouring out my heart to you in prayer, and I will remember and receive what is already mine in Jesus. Could you do that today? As for me, God, I will keep pouring out my heart to you in prayer, and I will remember and receive what's already mine in Jesus. kept saying towards the end of the interview today that I often ask the Lord, especially when I'm sitting in great hardship, I ask Him, what do you have for me in this? And what I mean by that is, 
Jesus, remind me of what is mine in you in exchange for my fear today, my worry, my anxiety, my busybodiness. Remind me today of what I have in you, the peace, the rest, the forgiveness that only you can give, Jesus, the ever after that only you give, Jesus, that is mine in you today. Jesus, thank you that we can look to you today and pour out our hearts to you and receive all over again anew the life that you offer, the freedom and the peace and the rest that is ours in you as we abide in you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. I'll talk to you soon.